1: Hi folks, welcome along to another uh, Pro Wrestling Index podcast here on the Anfield Index podcast channel. It's myself, Andy Wales, here tonight, joined once again by my audio tag team partner, the one and only Mo Chatterer. Good evening, Mo.
2: Evening, Andy. How are you?
1: I'm not so bad. I'm not so bad. I'm getting quite excited because uh, it's a big weekend, isn't it?
2: Well, of course, yeah, Liverpool are playing again, so, you know, we've got that to look forward to. <laughs> um,
1: no, 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 fantasy <laughs> warfare just got real. <laughs> <laughs> that yes, flew above almost, my head, but uh, yeah. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> all all those matches that we haven't seen in four months, they can happen again now, folks, they can happen again.
2: <laughs> but, uh,
1: <laughs> it's uh, it's oh it's it's a five series weekend. It's one of the yes, traditional big uh, pay per views, uh, but also NXT Takeover, which is also in Toronto. And the fact that it's in Toronto is kind of something that maybe adds a little bit of the excitement to it for me because I just think that crowd is going to be so hot, and I think it's going to really add something to the atmosphere and just helps the the overall event. So I'm really looking forward to to the two events this weekend, particularly NXT. I've got to I've got to say. But before we we start looking ahead and getting ahead of ourselves, uh, more I would first like to get your brief thoughts uh, looking back on Helen and Cell because we haven't spoken in a couple of weeks, and and just briefly then, the three cell matches really. Um, what what did what, what did you think of them and and how it was how it was played out, and how they were put on the card as well.
2: Yes, yeah, so overall I thought it was a mixed bag and. Generally speaking, uh, I thought the show was a disappointment. And I say that even though, on the whole, I thought it was a decent show. Um, but WWE this year, when it comes to these bigger shows or pay per views, as we used to call them, um, would have generally been really good this year in 2016. So the fact that, um, you know, a couple of the matches. In my view, were underwhelming uh, was disappointing. So, I mean, the three matches, as we expected, were staggered out. They weren't back to back to back. We obviously, had um, one opener with Reigns against Rusev for the United States Championship. And, you know, that was a very long match. I mean, we don't usually see nearly half hour matches opening up a WWE pay per view. Um, but that's exactly what we got. And um, I thought that Reigns um, and Rusev was a slow burner. It started off very slow very plodding methodical um, but by the end as we cu- came into the near falls it started to get really quite exciting so in the end i thought it turned out to be a very good match now with uh, the second of the hell hell in a cell matches owens against rollins um i thought this was also a very good match but it's slightly underwhelming in that these two are capable of a match of the year they're that good they're two of the best three or four guys in the entire company so the fact that, that they had Wide call, a very good match, but not a classic match uh, for me. Uh, left me slightly disappointed. And then finally, we had as the main event, as we predicted, um, Charlotte against Sasha Banks for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. I thought that they put too much thought into the whole match, and they they overbooked it. They tried to be really clever in the way they tried to put a lot of storyline emphasis into that match, and as a result of that, it was. A disappointment. The crowd at the start of that match were really hyped up because it was Sasha's home crowd. But then they did this whole big 15 minute or so injury angle at the start, which really burned the crowd out. It was way too long. And then the match itself was quite slow. It didn't really get going. There was a lot of selling and it's good to see matches with selling because too often we see matches with not enough selling. Um, so it's kind of strange for me to criticize the match for too much selling, but I thought, There was too much selling at the expense of uh, the flow of the match. And then the match ending itself was, in a way, unexpected. And the overall uh, thing in execution probably didn't live up to um, how it perhaps uh, played out in people's heads when they were putting it together backstage. So for for that reason, I was left disappointed and uh, didn't think it was the best of shows.
1: No I have got to I've got to agree. I thought it was it was okay. It wasn't it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't anything special. It was just okay. I've got to say all three of the cell matches they they could have just been they probably would have been better had they not actually been in the cell. In in a in a strange way because i I felt like the storyline didn't actually build to the the relevance of having a cell if you know what I mean.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, you we,
1: know. we we had cell matches just because that's what the pay view was called, not because that's where we got storyline-wise. And my personal feeling was, and, and I don't know how you feel about this, but my personal feeling was that it was almost as though, you know, the, the, the gimmick of the cell took something, took a little bit away from the
2: actual match itself. Hell in the Cell as a match used to be the ultimate climax, if I can use that word, for um, a storyline that perhaps would have built over a number of months that, you know, whether it was a HBK or an undertaker, as an example, having a match a straight singles match that led to maybe another stipulation match. And they still couldn't settle their few, their argument. And so they'd then head into the hell in a cell um, to settle it. And that was the final destination to put things to bed once and for all. And that's what hell in a cell was originally for. But I agree, it's now less of a a factor in um, the way that storylines develop. And it's just, um, in some cases, almost the start of something. So with Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, um, this was their first proper match against one another. And, you know, it's perhaps something that will lead to other matches further down the line. And it normally should be the match that settles a feud, settles an argument, and the two parties go their separate ways after that. And, you know, the physical confines as well um, also sometimes don't help. And I think that the way they tried to do the whole Charlotte and Sasha Banks storyline with the injury angle, um, it was almost as if the cage was getting in the way. So I agree. It it was done for the sake of doing it. And, you know, in the past when they'd have blood and more violence in matches, um, that type of environment was conducive to that and um, really added something And you know, in this more toned-down, more family-friendly environment um, that they're trying to work within, um, it perhaps doesn't work quite as effectively. And we're not having the kind of quality of having in the Cell matches that we used to in the past.
1: Yeah, it's almost as though they've just become another match. You know, like the Cell match is what the, the... Well, I suppose what the Cage match became, which was, you know, a, a thing you started to see on TV every other week. Uh, it's a shame. And... and, and I mean, just to move on from Hell in a Cell, you know, as we've transitioned from that into the, the few weeks of television that's led up to Survivor Series, you know, we, we, these guys, that they had to have that ultimate way of settling their differences. You know, like you say, the, the, the Cell match used to be the end of all endings to a feud. You know, you th- there was so much going on that you had to put them within a cell to stop everything else, you know, to stop them going all over or stop everyone else getting involved. The ultimate finish to a feud had to be a sell match. Well, now it's like suddenly we step from these people having sell matches to they're now teammates, and they're all going to be fighting for the same cause. And and they all they're all Team Blue or Team Red. And it's I, I just I, I know obviously we all know what you know what the product is, but it's it's just such a hard sell for me. I mean, have you how have you find found this build? towards these traditional Survivor Series matches?
2: Well, it would be nice to have seen them build the traditional Survivor Series matches with a bit of originality. Uh, instead, they've gone with um, feuding um, partnerships across every single one of those, um, I think it's three matches. And, um, you know, if they tried to mix up a little bit, that that would have been nice. But no, they've not been able to show any kind of originality. Everyone hates each other everyone can't get along with one another and um you know that that's um, pretty lazy booking as far as i'm concerned and i, I would just like to have seen a bit more writing in that and yeah yeah you're right it doesn't sit well that one month you've got seth Rollins and kevin owens fighting against each other in the cage and then just a couple of weeks later they're having to form a tag team um to fight against team smackdown live and as soon as that pay per view is done with the survivor series they'll be back at each other and so it just begs a question well why um do it in that kind of way why not have had others that are not directly in uh, matches with one another and uh, forming these tag teams um you know if there was a bit more planning and preparation and thought going into you know the two or three months leading up to the survivor series then with the size of the roster that they have um it could still have been done effectively without necessarily confusing existing storylines
1: yeah maybe if we didn't have pay per views every two weeks it might be a bit more a bit easier to actually sort of build some sto- some meaningful storylines
2: indeed absolutely yeah quite right
1: yeah I, I, and you're absolutely right as well this this whole you know this recurring theme you know, uh, the SmackDown men's team, none of them get along. They're all, It's all combustible. Against the SmackDown, against the Raw men's team, who they don't all get along, and it's combustible. And then you've got the Raw women's team, who don't all get along, versus the SmackDown women's team, who don't all get along. And then we've got the Smack, SmackDown tag teams, t- all don't get along. And against the Raw tag team, who, yeah, you guessed it, they all don't get along. I mean, it's just this recurring thing of that... Within each team, they're all sort of going to be fighting with each other, and it's it's just I don't like you say it's all it does smack of some lazy booking that somewhere in there it's like really come on could you not have thought something a bit more original at least you know vary it from from match to match, uh, and even things like what I kind of uh, that maybe it's the old school in me that really hits the kind of. The way that they they're forcing people to break their actual character, but not in breaking character in you know showing <laughs> show you know showing real emotions, but things like Bailey coming up you know invading SmackDown and she's part of a four on one beatdown. You know this is, the, you know this is the goody two shoes character, the lovable Bailey. Like it, it just little things like that for me. Uh, you know it's like ugh, you know you really haven't thought about how you build these characters, you know, you want to think of this, it's, you keep telling us, that, you know, it's it's not wrestling, you know, it's entertainment, it's like a TV show, it's like a movie. Well, you know, you, you go look around at the successful TV shows and movies and, you know, characters don't swap and change in the way that they're doing with this, you know, you have to have consistent character development and it's, it's little things like this and I think, yeah,
2: it, it's just... It, it is quite poor i feel yeah it is you know they, they could have done a better job in that regard and you know that's disappointing but nonetheless though despite that i'm actually still quite looking forward to the show and you know there's there's a lot of interesting dynamics which we'll come on to later in the pod but uh it's it's despite the booking something that i think most fans are genuinely looking forward to and you know, there's all sorts of permutations, all sorts of possibilities um, about what will happen on the show and what can happen uh, coming out of the show, too. So we'll come on to that later on.
1: I mean, I'd, what I will give, um, you know, give it up to, to WWE on has been that so often this year when when the build up to a pay-per-view has been quite underwhelming. Um, the pay-per-view itself has actually delivered and we've had some really good matches. So I, I'm I'm a st- I'm still looking forward to the event. I I mean let's if we I mean we'll actually why don't we we'll start with the survivor series itself and then we we can move to NXT afterwards but I mean starting with the, with the with the survivor series itself I've got to say I mean did, did you watch Raw this past Monday Chris Jericho absolutely owned that last segment I mean watching the guys there trying not to laugh as he's going through some of his stick with the scarf and the list and everything else I just that some that chemistry between him and Kevin Owens is just it. It really is tremendous stuff, isn't it?
2: Oh, it's fantastic. Jericho's just um, a fantastic breath of fresh air. As I say, he is um, the leading light as far as I'm concerned on Raw right now. The work he's doing week to week is just you know undeniably entertaining, and um, I just hope that. Um, you know, he sticks around and it's really a 180 from my position earlier in the year when I was actually quite looking forward to him leaving the WWE because I thought he didn't really add any value and he was taking up the spot that a younger guy with more hunger could perhaps have filled. Um, but Jericho has reinvented himself yet again. And, um, you know, he's an indispensable part of raw and every time he's on TV, you're certainly not pressing the fast forward button. You want to see every single second of what he's got to do and say um, on that show. So kudos to him. Um, he, he's fantastic.
1: Yeah, he's, he, the, the great thing is for me is that he is doing comedy, but it's, it's comedy in the right way because I think comedy does have its place in pro wrestling and it's because it's, it is great entertainment when it's done right and in, in the right places, and they do it in just the right places – the timing, everything is exquisite. I mean, he had my son in stitches with with, with, with that little thing, you know, with him and Kevin Owens, <laughs> and you're 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 you know you're the best friend, you're the best friend, Kev. and you know cuddling each other, and it's just just the way they do. Th- things and i mean you know the gift of jericho i give you the scarf of jericho (laughs) just (laughs) these these you know they're just little things and they, they work so well and i've got to say as well when we're on with the you know handing kudos to people i think kudos to um to one aj styles as well who absolutely hung in there with him on the microphone you know and this is this is an aj styles who we were told could not deliver promos and was not good on the mic well aj styles as a heel in WWE for me is delivering week in, week out on that microphone. And that that interaction between them, I I I really enjoyed. I- it was it was good fun. It I I mean, it is it's pure, pure entertainment. And and yes, I'm looking forward to seeing the actual match, but that entertainment value is is great stuff. I mean what what about yourself with AJ and, and how he's how he's handled himself on the microphone as a heel.
2: Well, I remember when AJ Styles was in Ring of Honor earlier in his career, um, so I'm going back to around 2002, 2003, and he couldn't cut a promo to save his life. Um, he was awful on the microphone. And uh, um, when he went to TNA, he was a clean-cut babyface and still continued to be pretty poor on the microphone. Um, but when he turned heel um, about 10 years ago he started to get better and during his time in tna um he did you know gradually improve and by the end of his time in tna he actually became pretty good on the mic but since then um you know he's come into the wwe and he stepped it up several levels further and he's actually pretty good on the microphone and he's one of the better promos in the wwe and you know if i had been saying that several years ago you know i not even believe myself but um Credit to him, he's worked hard at that weakness, and um, you know he's 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 much better. So you know he certainly adds value away from just what happens bell to bell during the matches. So that's good to see too. Um, so you know AJ Styles is a very very complete performer now. There's really no aspect of him as a pro wrestler in its widest sense that you could point at and say yes this is a weakness for AJ Styles. He's you know at the very least competent in every single aspect of his game so uh, AJ Styles is another one who is a joy to watch week to week on WWE television absolutely yeah on the match itself then
1: how do you see that one playing out Uh, you know do you you think we're going to see the start of, um, of Owens Jericho you know that the beginning of that feud, perhaps uh, Owens walking off and leaving him, or or do you think it's perhaps going to be something on the other side of it with Shane McMahon being involved?
2: Um, I think that the, they will use this match to, as you say, reignite or start feuds, programs, rivalries that will then take them easily through till the Royal Rumble, if not beyond um, within teams. So we'll see the teams combust. We'll see fallings out between team raw and team Smackdown live. And I think that will be the the key aspect of of that match. Um, In terms of who will win, I actually predict SmackDown Live because we all know that SmackDown Live is seen as the B-show for Vince. That's always been clear. Raw will always be his favourite. So because of that, I think that they want to give SmackDown a bit of a bunk by putting that team over um, Team Raw and so I would see that um, something like an AJ Styles um, or even AJ and Shane would remain as a sole survivor from that match. Uh, but um, I, th- I think what will be the story coming out of that match will be the uh, fallings out within teams. And as you say, um, Owens and Jericho could be one of them.
1: Yeah, I I, I... I've got a, a funny feeling that's where we will see the beginnings of it. Uh what about the women's match then? Um any thoughts on that one coming into it? I I mean it's it, it the build up again this one hasn't been quite so 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 well thought out um a well delivered at all. I, I'm I'm I don't know I, there's some great women's wrestlers in the, in the match but I, I'm just not quite sure what to expect here.
2: Yeah. The build-up for this one has been, in comparison, fairly underwhelming. You know, Charlotte, who has been, up until three, four weeks ago, absolutely supreme as a character, she's been so, so good. Um, It's almost been in the background because um, of all of the uh, various rivalries that the writers are trying to get over um, between Raw and Smatterdown and within teams. So um, she's partly been a victim to that. Um, again, I see a similar situation whereby there'll be fallings out um, amongst team members on both the Raw and SmackDown sides. But on this occasion, um, I think Team Raw emerged victorious simply because they have the stronger team. You know, with Sha- Sasha, um, Charlotte, Bailey, Neera, Jacks, and um, you know they've got Alicia Fox um, in tow as well, making up the yeah, numbers. Yeah, yeah.
1: Every team has to have a jobber.
2: Absolutely, yeah. So that, that will be the first uh, elimination from Team Raw. Um, you can put your house on that one. But, uh, yeah, the the lineup otherwise for Raw is, is certainly much stronger than the SmackDown side. And, um, you know, it, it'd be a major, major shock if SmackDown were to win that match. And so that, that one, for, for me, is quite an easy prediction. And uh, as for the quality of the match... Uh, I struggle with it because um, I think there are several good, uh, very good female wrestlers in that match, but you know they're all pretty much on the one team, and that that's the only problem. Um, Alexa is okay. Carmella has been pretty poor. Naomi has a good and bad days. Uh, Becky um, can be hit and miss, even though I'm a big big fan of hers. And Nikki Bella, well, everyone knows my opinion of Nikki, so um, you know it doesn't help when. The be- better workers are all on the same team, so uh, I think it won't be a particularly great match either. But um, a team raw win is what I predict for that one.
1: Yeah, I'd, I've got to agree with you there. I, I do think that will that'll be a, a raw win on that one, and I think uh, I think we'll see some, you know, some of the the proper heel stuff. You know, people leaving. I, I can see Alexa Bliss just leaving the ring walking off and leaving it's You know, the, these kind of things, almost pre- predictable storylines. Um, what about the tag team one then? I mean, I, I've got to say it again, you know, this this whole, that you know, the, the characters that they're using, I mean, you've got American Alpha and the Usos on the same team. Now, these guys were injuring them, you know, what, a month, six weeks ago? You know, they put them out of action. They hated each other. And now yeah. they stood next to each other, wearing the same T-shirts, you know, high-fiving and cheering on. And it's like, you know, you, we we look, we we know it's predetermined, we know it's a show, but come on, you know, give us something. And this again, this I, I don't yeah. know. I, I just I just find it hard to be to to really sort of um, suspend disbelief for this one.
2: Well, you're right. I mean, the whole theme behind these matches is the enemy of my enemy is my own friend. But even given that, it's still very far fetched, um, given some of the storylines and some of the uh, goings on between various individuals or tag teams on one side or the other um, in the weeks before uh, the build up to the Survivor Series. So you're quite right. That's a very good example of that. But, you know, we're just having to pretend that these guys weren't at each other's throats a few weeks ago and that they're all partners, albeit that they do clearly point out that they're all very reluctant partners but partners nonetheless I I think that this could actually be quite a decent match New Day you know a lot of people are getting quite worn out by the act I still enjoy it I still think that they're entertaining even though what what they do from week to week doesn't vary a great deal Um, it's something that still works certainly to live audiences and you know when they do lose the tag team titles it'll be a big event because they've held them for so long Um, and and Anderson are very very good been a big fan of theirs since the new japan days and um, they've clearly not had great deal of opportunities to show that as yet but um, in an environment like this um, i think they can really show uh, themselves to be the workhorses that they are um Chambers and cesaro you know they've been teasing themselves as reluctant partners before this storyline even came along so um you know we could perhaps see something between those two um to lead to their eventual and undeniable split that that's you know sure to come um enzo and more and big Cass, you know, they're very entertaining. And, um, you know, Primo and Epico are there just to make up the numbers. And much like Alicia, uh, we'll, we'll almost certainly be the first team eliminated from Team Raw. And then the SmackDown side, um, Heath Slater and Rhino are what they are, um, as are the hype bros. Um, you know, Zach and Mojo, um, you know, they're okay, but um, certainly not setting uh, the world on fire, pulling up trees by any means. Um, American Alpha are the team that SmackDown should be built around. And I certainly hope that whatever comes out of this match, that their uh, status is elevated. And, um, you know, in this kind of environment, especially in the exchanges against guys about Gallows and Anderson, um, Jordan and Gable could really, you know, show themselves to be the great workers that they are. So I hope that this match, if nothing else, is used to uh, elevate those two. And then obviously we've got the Usos and Breeze and Fandango to make up the numbers. The so, Fashion Police.
1: Don't forget, they are now the Fashion Police. Absolutely. I don't know who the hell came up with that. Uh, I mean, what? someone watched the Village people and thought, there should be a tag team that looks like this. It just, oh my God.
2: Yes, um, not the most, again, original of ideas or gimmicks. Um, but I guess they felt that, well, we've got to do something to get attention an interest for these two uh, because nothing else for trying works uh, which is a shame actually because tyler breeze is actually a really good worker um, and fandango is not too bad himself um, but the gimmicks that they've been lumbered with have just been so abysmal so shockingly bad and yeah you're right the fashion police which we saw on smackdown this week isn't really much better um so i don't hold out much hopes that they'll become a really ultra popular team in the way that New Day have but
1: no god no (laughs) I I mean I was uh, for some reason I was watching uh, Survivor Series from 1988 last night and that was yeah yeah, uh, I'm not sure why and that was the original you know 5v5 and every match had had its jobbers in there and and they had they had the 5v5 tag match as well and I tell you what, it was it was rapid. It was really rapid fire. You know, man, in, out, in, out. And it was really quick moving. But the sheer humanity around the ring made it a difficult match for them to, you know, mechanically to work. Because no matter where you went for the ropes, there was somebody stood. And and you could just see it. It was. I, I think it's going to be a similar thing this weekend. I think it's going to with them tag matches. I think we really need to see a few eliminations quite early on for them to actually start to work. And and you know and use and like you say use this to actually elevate some people and get the really get the focus on them. And it'd be good to see something like Enzo and Cass and. And uh, American Alpha, you know, them use this match to really give them some time and elevate them on the big stage.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you're not wrong about that Survivor Series 1988 match. Um, There were humongous guys in there, Um, perhaps uh, chemically induced physiques, but big guys nonetheless. And, you know, the guys of the current generation are smaller, um, but nonetheless, having 20 guys around the ring, well, 18 guys around the ring at any time. Um, yeah, there's not much room to uh, run the ropes without bumping into someone, so that that makes it difficult and is a constraint in much the way that hell in the cell was for um, one or two of the matches that we talked about earlier on. But uh, yeah. who, do you, who do you see going over then? Yeah, so this this obviously isn't the last of the matches um, in terms of Raw v SmackDown, um, but um, I actually see this one going the way of Team Raw because. Again, I think they've got the slightly stronger lineup with the champions, New Day, uh, represented Team Raw, being a more established uh, championship pairing than Heath Slater and Rhino. And uh, really, the only team um, that has or should have any momentum on the SmackDown side is American Alpha, whereas on Team Raw, Amore and Big Cass, the New Day, and even Gallows and Anderson, to an extent, um, Raw... Pretty credible team. so I think that they've just got a stronger lineup. And uh, if that, you know, determines anything, then again, I, I think that team should win. So, in, in in a nutshell, then I think that the main match uh, between Raw and SmackDown will go the way of SmackDown. But overall, across the three, I think it will be Raw emerging victorious Cyrus, SmackDown.
1: Mm, I, I've got a suspicion that uh, SmackDown might win this tag one. Uh, just Gallows and Anderson actually. Delivering what they promised, and that was to stab them in the back. And I'd, I've got, I've got a suspicion that might be the outcome. But equally, I can just as um, easily see in a new day, with, you know, being sole survivors or something like that. Not that they need that, but that's uh, just that's WWE booking for you. Um. Anyway, uh, moving on then to um, you were saying it's not the last of the Raw vs. SmackDown. So another one then is is the Intercontinental t- uh, Title. Now, Miss B adolf ziggler on smackdown on the 900th episode of smackdown we should say uh, this past week um kind of makes that whole ziggler well that short ziggler run after you know him defying the odds and putting his career on the line is like yeah well what was the point of that but anyway so it's miz versus sammy zane i've got to tell you more i think that miz will win sammy zane will get fired from raw and then we'll see him on smackdown that's my prediction for you
2: that's a very good prediction. And I think that uh, there's every possibility that could happen as well. You know, the, the Miz, you know, has really emerged this year. I mean, obviously, he's he's a former WWE world champion. So it's not as if he's um, an up and coming. He's been around in the company for over a decade. Um, but in my opinion, he'd always been one of these middle-of-the-road guys. And he never really set the world on fire You know, he was the Lucas Laver of the WWE. Uh, I mean, the guy who's decent but nothing special. Now, uh, in 2016, um, he's really come on in leaps and bounds um, as a character. His promos have always been good, but they've stepped up even better to a a elite level as far as WWE promos is concerned. Um, And we certainly saw that um, in terms of the Talking Smack infamous segment he had with Daniel Bryan a couple of months ago, which was fantastic. And then, you know, his in-ring work as well has improved. And he's become, in my view, a, a very good worker. And I know there are people out there who disagree and who still think that The Miz is an average b- worker at best. But I completely disagree with that viewpoint. I think that he's, you know, a very, very good all-round uh, talent. And, um, you know, I, I think he'll retain, you know, he and uh, Maurice, you know, make a great double act. And uh, I, I think they've Got a lot to offer, and certainly the Miz has, and therefore I think that he needs to retain that championship. And Sami Zayn could do with a change of environment, so uh, SmackDown would be a, a great home for him. And um, I totally agree with you on that one. I think the Miz retains,
1: yeah. I, I mean, I, I've got to say, I, I do think Miz has definitely become a better worker. I still don't think he's great, I, f- I find him a bit clunky at times in the ring. Um, and. I, but he is his promos are good. I think his promos used to bore me. You know his delivery was very good, but the 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 content just used to bore me. But mm-hmm. there's something about his character over the last year. It has definitely evolved. And having Maurice with him, it just seems to really, you know, it, there's something that that's completed his character. And I think he's just found a really good spot in that. You know that upper mid card. I think he's found a really good spot that suits him. Uh, and he's and he's such a, an important part of the show now. And and I'm still not his biggest fan, but I think he plays a really important part in the show. Uh, and and I, now I think there'll be some kind of cheating involved, obviously, as the heel for him to retain that title. You know, and and a way of keeping Sami Zayn looking strong. I, I just wonder whether it, you know if then Sami Zayn gets that move on to SmackDown, whether that'll facilitate perhaps Miz leaving SmackDown and moving on to the Raw side. Or do we see something, some kind of a change from Ziggler? Because, you know, the guy, there's the, the third party in all this, the guy who's kind of dropped to the side. Because I was looking forward to Ziggler against Sami Zayn, I've got to say. I mean, what, what do you think will happen with Ziggler?
2: It's hard to say, actually, I, I think. Because, um, you know, he's a character who, up until the feud with Miz, was really treading water and His career was going nowhere. And I think early this year on, on the Progressing Index, I was... Predicting that within a year, 18 months, he'd be gone from the company because I just really didn't see what more he had to offer the company. Uh, obviously, he's a very, very good worker and he's had many, many great matches over the years, but you know, he's getting older. You know, there's a lot of young talent from NXT, you know, ready and waiting to come through into the main roster. And he wasn't really doing a great deal for me, but I thought that the, program he's had with the Miz the last few months has really reinvigorated him and some of the best work he's ever delivered in the company has actually been with the Miz in the last few months so all credit to him you know he's really done well the last few months and uh I I think that it's very possible that um you know they might want to perhaps turn him heel and keep him on on the smackdown side because the smackdown side isn't overflowing with talent and um, overflowing with you know, recognizable, well-known name workers, and uh, there's, you know Dolph Ziggler is one of those people. So I think with a change of character, I, I think he could do something, and you know maybe even a feud with Sami Zayn with Ziggler as a heel. It uh, might be a you know interesting direction for them to go in, and uh, you know the Miz can then move on to another opponent, um, you know, to continue defending his Intercontinental Championship with.
1: Yeah, I, I've got to say, I. Miz and um, sorry, Ziggler and Sami Zayn. I-, I would look. I just look forward to have them two having matches. And if Ziggler can reinvigorate his character, you know, with 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 that with a change, moving on, moving back to being the cocky heel that he was before, that I think suited him well. Uh, that that could be such a really good dynamic and something I would look forward to. Um, so I mean, we're talking about SmackDown. Then what about the the cruiserweights then? Because. No, we're told here there's there is I mean, sorry, just to just set this off, there's there's the new show two hundred five live coming on the, the WWE network with the uh, with the cruiserweights. Now they're apparently they're they're filming the they're, they're taping out on a Tuesday. So, you know, all the indications are that this is gonna be where the cruiserweights will end up on SmackDown. And we've got here the, the cruiserweight title on the line and it's not just a cruiserweight title, but if Kalisto wins the whole Cruiserweight division is coming across to SmackDown. I mean, you know, subtly it looks like that's what's going to happen. Do you think that it's, you know, that they're just going to swerve us here and they're going to keep it where it is?
2: Yeah. I mean, you're right. Evidence does suggest that the Cruiserweight division will move to Tuesdays because obviously, as you pointed out, the 205 live show, um, will be taping live on the Tuesdays too, but logic, um, and WWE don't, don't always go hand in hand. So, um, On that basis, I think that Kendrick will retain and will therefore stay on Raw. Uh, I'll probably be proven gloriously wrong come Survivor Series, but uh, yeah, I just think that they'll go against what seems to be an obvious direction. And um, I think they will stay away from moving the Cruiserweights to SmackDown purely because they've still got three hours to fill on a Monday night. And if they leave sorry, if they lose the blossoming cruise of eight division, that leaves an even bigger gap to fill on Monday nights. And I don't really see where they're going to fill that from. So that's why I think that they're going to have Kendrick retain the title and, uh, keep the division on the raw side. And, um, you know, what it will mean is that they'll have a expanded crew that works Mondays and Tuesdays in terms of the cruise of eight division Obviously, on the Tuesdays, they won't work Smackdown. They'll work uh, the 205 live show.
1: Well, it's going to be interesting. I mean, the Cruiserweights have played, played such a, little, a small part, really, in the in the way that Roll's shaping that I've been crying out for quite some time that they moved to Smackdown. I just think it would be a more natural uh, home for them with Ronaldo there. Daniel Bryan, of course. Just with them being that, I do think it would be a more natural home. But it's going to... Be intriguing to see that so I mean that just leaves us with uh, one match um, you know we haven't seen it for, for what is it 12 years and it was <laughs> and it was an absolute stinker they got booed out of the building I mean both guys it was their last day on the job and everybody knew about it um this time round there's it's certainly it's been built up better and there certainly seems to be more more needling in it I mean I kind of like the the little the ways they've been looking across at each other. Are are you looking forward to Brock Lesnar
2: and Goldberg? Oh, totally, absolutely. As you say, 12 years in the making, it's a match that clearly a lot of people are looking forward to, and it's going to be two huge names colliding in a dream match. And uh, the long-awaited rematch, as you say, uh, the last match they had at WrestleMania um, back in 2004 was... Not exactly um, well received by the uh, fans that were there in attendance that night. And I think we're going to have a very interesting crowd dynamic um, in Toronto, these two, because you know, Goldberg is the individual that essentially ended the career of Brett the Hitman Hart. And as we know, Brett Hart is a Canadian hero. He still is. And Canadian wrestling fans have long memories. And I think there'll be a sizable element within that crowd that won't have forgotten that Goldberg is a man that put their hero out of commission. Obviously that's not been part of the storyline for this match, partly because I think Bret Hart and WWE are not getting along greatly at the moment anyway. But on top of that, as I think we covered last time, Brock Lesnar is now a Canadian citizen. He's got dual citizenship. So, um you know, they're going to support their new Canadian hero in Brock. And I think that um, Les uh, Goldberg, despite getting some pretty decent crowd re- reactions in recent weeks, um, will be the one that gets um, booed out of the building on this occasion. And um, that is, that will be quite interesting to see because clearly um, they're trying to portray Goldberg on commentary as the uh, babyface in this situation. But the crowd reactions typically will be in the completely opposite direction. So, uh, you know, we're going to get Bizarro World broken out by the commentary team, no doubt.
1: Yeah, I, well, I mean, WWE owns all of WWE's video library. So, you know, imagine somewhere in there will be the, you know, the bits where they used to pipe out the Goldberg chants when he came out as well.
2: Well, that's right, yeah. <laughs> and
1: maybe, maybe they can feed that in. You know, like they used to feed in the cheers and the boos when they were um, giving us SmackDown. <laughs> we'd look at, we'd have... Uh, Roman Reigns coming out to uh, thunderous applause uh, through our screens whilst looking at fans who were sticking their thumbs down.
2: (laughs) Well, that's right, yeah. I think that's what inspired West Ham United to start doing that with fake crowd noise at their um, disaster of a London stadium. uh, Oh,
1: dude. This this must be a record number of football references you've got into this podcast. I have,
2: yeah, absolutely. (laughs) We have to, as part of the Anfield Index family, we've got (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, in terms of this match then, I mean, I I think that Lesnar has to win. I mean, he lost the first match between these two. It really wouldn't make a great deal of sense to me uh, for Goldberg to win, unless they want to book these two for another rematch um, at, say, the Royal Rumble. But then history will show that Goldberg won two matches and Lesnar only won one. And I don't think that they want to leave... Situation in that way, so I think Lesnar has to win, and that doesn't mean that Goldberg will be one and done. I think that you know, if if, especially if he especially enjoys the match and he enjoys working in front of a crowd again, he'll actually ask the company, I'd like to do some more of this piece. So, um, you know, he might well end up working other matches in the future, not necessarily with Lesnar. I think that they'd like to get Lesnar to get his win back, and then put this program between these two. T- to bed and then both individuals can move in different directions
1: yeah i, I i've got to i've got to agree I, I do think it not only makes sense for lesnar to win you know he's the guy that is still I, mean, I know he doesn't work full-time or anything but he's still the guy going forward who's going to be on your shores uh and and i can see Goldberg doing another match perhaps you know, maybe involved in something at WrestleMania and then going into the Hall of Fame just to, to top it all off for him. Because, uh, I mean, you know, despite his age, he's in absolutely fantastic shape. So, I mean, overall, then, you're looking forward to it. I think it could be a good event then?
2: Oh, yeah. Um I don't think it's going to be one of the best WWE pay-per-views of the year, um, simply because... You know, we've only got six matches and, you know, two of the three elimination matches I'm not particularly looking forward to. And I don't think Kendrick and Kalisto will be a classic. Um, And even Lesnar and Goldberg won't be anything like a five-star match, but it will still be a spectacle. So it won't be a a show, rather, that uh, will blow anyone away with great match after great match. But I think it will be an eventful show. I think it will be a show with memorable moments. And uh, on that basis, it will still be a, a, a thumbs up show. So I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, I, the, I just hope that just because they're back in Canada and it's Survivor Series, you know, 19 years on, I God, I hope they don't try and pull yet another Montreal screw job. We've seen it too many times. Please you don't can, do that.
2: You can never have enough Montreal screw jobs. <laughs> oh
1: God, you know, it's like it just doesn't. You know, it's not the same. So yeah, I, I do. I do feel it. it might not be fantastic product in ring, but it will be a spectacle and quite memorable. But I've got to say, what is what's happening the night before this this coming Saturday night, NXT takeover? Uh, in terms of in ring product, this is the one that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, I don't know about yourself with NXT. I'm a I'm a big fan of these these takeover events.
2: As am I. I mean, the last one before SummerSlam was a spectacular show really good in my view easily a better show than SummerSlam itself and i actually thought SummerSlam was a decent show in itself uh, but that takeover show was fantastic and you know we saw nakamura winning the title we saw the uh debut of um one bobby rude who made a, a glorious entrance uh, an unforgettable one that our um leader gags was a big fan of And uh, it was a great, great show. And I'm sure this will be no different. I mean, we've got five matches and uh, we know that each match will be given time. And I'd say that at least three of the matches uh, will be very, very good, not excellent. So three out of five very good to excellent (laughs) matches should make it, you know, a great show overall. And uh, one that I'm I'm really looking forward to.
1: Yeah, I'm certainly looking forward to it. I mean, you mentioned Bobby Roode. His character is just—it suits him to an absolute tee. Um, I mean, this his entrance has really caught on. His music—it's fantastic. Everything. And even just little things, you know, the video packages that they put together, you know, NXT, just like they do with WWE, their, their video packages, the production is is just top notch. And just the little, little things, you know, he's, he's taking on Ty Dillinger and he's saying, you know, they're talking about Ty Dillinger, the perfect 10. And and it's, you know, they switch to Bobby Roode, you know, 10, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it's like... <laughs> You know, Ty Dillinger talking about you know his his you know his his path to to NXT. You know, for years he'd been fighting. He you know he got on. He'd been in OVW and he got released and been there and he'd been there here and there and everywhere. You know, it's been a struggle to get there. you know. And the, they go to Bobby Roode and he's just like, huh, that's pathetic. He's pathetic. <laughs> yeah. And it's just you know that, that just such little things like that. It's just absolutely tremendous. And it just shows you know that. Bobby Roode is, you know, the, this veteran, but he he knows what his character is. He knows who he is. And, he, you know, he has the look. He, he can talk. He has everything. You know, he, he just, he is ready made to step up and move on to that main roster and be a star. But I think before he does that, I think it's a chance just to really enjoy himself maybe for maybe for six months till maybe WrestleMania or something like that. To so just really enjoy himself in NXT and really showcase himself. I tell you what, I, th- I think him and Ty Dillinger, I'm expecting this to be a really, really good match.
2: Well, that's right. I mean, Ty certainly been getting more of a push um, ever since SummerSlam. Uh, before that, he was certainly in the background and, um, you know, certainly featured a lot more regularly on, the weekly NXT show uh, than he had previous to SummerSlam. Um, the, uh, that said, though, I think Bobby Roode should win. Um, I think they're trying to build him up as a um, potential uh, NXT Championship contender. So for that to happen, he clearly has to win against Dillinger. But that said, I mean, they might just decide actually there's something really there's some great potential in a Dillinger um, storyline of him working towards an unlikely. Um, championship nxt championship uh, title match and uh, you know if that were to happen perhaps at the takeover prior to the royal rumble which i think is planned then um, you know that that's something that would certainly get the nxt fans you know really excited and um, they'd be really behind that storyline but I, I still think that rude should win and move on to um potentially being uh, the next contender to the nxt championship
1: yeah, I, I I wholeheartedly agree and yeah, I do think he will. But even Ty Dillinger can really take him take him the distance, you know, and really come out of it looking good. Like, you know, he's the guy who was sort of on top for seventy eight percent of the match, yet, you know, Bobby Roode is the one who somehow sneaks out, you know, sneaks a win and, and still comes out of it claiming to be absolutely glorious. Then, you know, he he retains his heat as a heel. Yet Ty Dillinger is the one who comes out of the match looking really good as well. So it's it you know that's old school way of developing two guys at once. So I'm right. I, I, I you know I just I I think that's how they'll go and uh, and I hope that is the route that they'll take. Um, what what about the tag team titles then um, with DIY uh, Champa and uh, Gargano taking on uh, the revival?
2: This could be a classic. This is the match I'm most looking forward to. Um, the Revival have been fantastic all year. Just such a great tag team. A real throwback tag team. You know, really old school in the way they work, but very, very effective in how they do it. And have got the best pat. And um, you know, they're a no-frills team. You know, they're not about bells and whistles. They're just um, guys who like to come in with their trunks and boots and um, let the um, work that they do in the ring do the talking. And um, as a tag team, they're amongst the very best in the business right now. That's how good they are. Um, their opponents in Gargano and uh, Champa are no slouches by any means. Now these guys have been lighting up the independent scene for years now, and um, now they'll be fantastic opponents. And, and this could be, if it works out, possibly the best match in NXT history. That's my honest opinion. I, I really think it could be that that good. And they just need to be given the time. And the fact it's two out of three falls as well, they could really do something very special with this. And if that's the case, and I, in fact, I think it will be the opening match too. So if that's the case, then good luck to the rest of the matches in trying to even get close to matching the quality of this one. But I think it'd be really good. And I actually think that um, we'll see a title change. I, I think that um, Gargano and uh, Champa are uh, primed and ready for a title run. And um, we'll we'll see new champions in my view.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm not in uh, in agreement here. I do I I also think it's um, th- this could be quite a special match. And I do think it is time for the switch and and revival. Don't actually need the belts. That that's you know that the the point that they've reached now, they are that good. Uh, I thought they've they've got better on on the stick as well. They've got you know their promos are getting better. They're getting more natural. You know they're being able to add lib rather than just work through scripts. So I, I'm really looking forward to this. I really am. Um, what, what about then the final of the of the Dusty the Dusty Roads Tag Team Classic then with the Authors of Pain against TM61? I've got to say it's been a good tournament, but I'm slightly underwhelmed by the Authors of Pain being in there just because I'm sure Vince McMahon will love them on the main roster because of their size, but. In terms of match quality, it's hmm, I don't know that it doesn't quite sit right in, in NXT.
2: Yeah, I mean the Authors of Pain are supposed to be this kind of you know ass kicking you know monster tag team, except if you compare them to ass kicking monster tag teams of the past, you know the Road Warriors or Demolition or even the tag team like Doom, um, they pale in comparison. You know their kind of beat downs are nothing compared to those guys from the past. Um, so they're not as effective in that role as the teams that I've just mentioned and then I mean you know Miller and Thorne you know a very good tag team from uh, previously pro wrestling Noah, and you know worked a lot together uh, but it's very unlikely to see them emerge victorious from this they're clearly trying to push the Authors of Pain as this unbeatable tag team and um, you know it's a team that you know, barely sells for opponents. So, um, you know, we're not going to... I'd be very surprised to see TM61, you know, win this one. But I'm just disappointed that uh, my boys, the Bollywood boys, didn't get through to the finals because, um, you know, they lost in the opening round to the Authors of Pain. So uh, I'm sure Gags and um, Harinder Parge will be disappointed about that. But, um, you know, th- th- their time will come, I'm sure, of that. Yeah,
1: I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Uh, we'll move on then to the the women's championship. Asuka against Mickey James. Now, and I know this is just like a, a kind of a one-off and bringing in an, an experienced hand in to give Asuka a match and you know a different match as well. And I think maybe because of the way that Asuka's been presented over the last year, that and the way that the roster has been you know sort of raided, you know ripped apart to stand up to the up to Raw and SmackDown. That you know, given a an established name like Mickey James. I think this is an interesting move and it's, I've got to say I'm intrigued to watch
2: this match. Yeah. I mean, obviously we haven't seen uh, Mickey James in the WWE for a number of years now. And um, she's still been keeping quite busy and active on the independent scene. And I know that because her husband, one Nick Aldis formerly Magnus um, is one of my Facebook friends. Um, so, I mean, the, the pair of them um, are keeping themselves busy pretty much on a full-time basis as wrestlers. Um, and, you know, Mickey's still looking in fantastic shape these days. And, you know, it's clear that they've decided to bring her in because they don't have faith in um, any of the other girls on the roster um, as viable, incredible challenges to ask her on this big takeover show. And I'm fine with that. I mean, Mickey James, you know, still can go and, you know, is still a, you know, a good sound in-ring worker. And I think that the pair of them will actually have a pretty good match. Um, but given that it's supposed to be a one-off, uh, with the possibility of occasional appearance in the future, I'd be very surprised to see Mickey win the title. It, you know, Asuka has been protected and booked very well as a strong uh, character throughout the year, so I see her retaining the title. Though um, I, I do expect it to be a very good match.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I feel exactly the same. Uh, I, but I, I mean, I think they're actually starting to do quite a good job in the way that they very they are very slowly building up some of the other uh female wrestlers within NXT I, I like the way that you know they're not trying to rush anyone into a, a title match they they're bit by bit building them uh, and knowing that obviously it's going to take time to make them look like viable opponents Is it's such is the is how strong the ask has been booked so yeah I, as a as a placeholder you know as, as just a sort of a stopgap I think this works well and I, and I'm looking forward to it so that just leaves us with one match to go and it is, uh, oh god, I, I, I am so looking forward to this because I loved their last match. Like, this is just going to be brutal. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura against Samoa Joe. Uh, I love watching. I love both of these guys. You know, I just I think jaw has. Been these guys so, are so
2: good. yeah, sorry, yeah. These guys are just fantastic um, talents. You know, Samoa Joe this year has been the Samoa Joe of all this um, no nonsense ass kicker. And, uh, you know, Shizuke Nakamura is just an elite, world class talent who really shouldn't be on NXT. He's just too good. But obviously, WWE, in a way, is using NXT as almost um, a finishing school. And they felt perhaps that Nakamura, coming from Japan, uh, needed to just um, have a bit of time to work on his English promos uh, before being moved up to the main roster, which is inevitable. I mean, these two guys are amongst the best in the business and they they will have another exceptional match if not I'm almost certain it will be better than the last match that they had as well Nakamura um, is a great champion he's a charismatic champion and I don't actually see a title change purely because I think they want to keep Nakamura on NXT for a few months yet at least until Wrestlemania And in contrast, I think that Samoa Joe is somebody who could easily end up debuting on the main roster around Royal Rumble time. And that's why I think that um, Nakamura will retain, Joe will lose, albeit the match will be excellent. And Joe, um, a few weeks after, will get his much deserved uh, call up to the main roster and Nakamura will then move on to someone else. And that something else could be something like a Bobby Roode.
1: I would also be very surprised if Nakamura loses the belt here. And I do expect Joe to move up. Royal Rumble sounds like a good time to do it. Who knows, maybe he might even turn up uh, as a surprise the following night on Survivor Series. That would get quite a pop as well. I- I'm- I've got to say... As much as Nakamura, yes, he does belong on the main roster. I think using him in NXT has actually been quite a smart move because, although you know the NXT crowd were absolutely buzzing for him, you know because there's a lot of hardcore wrestling fans there. I think getting him that exposure to, to a lot more sort of casual fans who maybe weren't so familiar with him is you know really sort of it's not sort of took any mystique away. It's just intensified this buzz and this you know, this excitement around him. So I think once he does move up to the, the main roster, I think, you know, the fact that more people have been familiarised with him, I think it, it just make it so much of a big deal that he will get the reaction that he, you know, he truly deserves in this, a similar sort of way that, that once, once Finn Balor moved up, you know, that reaction he got from the crowd, you know, that that was, you know, he was deserving of that. But I don't think he would have got that if he'd have gone straight into the main roster without stopping off at NXT. I, I don't know whether you uh, think there's anything in that.
2: No, that's a good point. Um, obviously, the hardcore fans would have been familiar with Nakamura, but uh, the wider fan base wouldn't have been. And uh, NXT is still on the network, viewed by uh, a decent audience. And, you know, NXT does certainly help to create that kind of interest and get more uh, more talents over to a, a wider audience than bringing in people in cold. And, yeah, I mean, you're, you're quite right. And it, it's, in a way, similar to how we used to see in the uh, WWF WCW days when guys became established in WCW and uh, got a bit of a name for themselves there. So when they turned up on WWF television, a lot of fans would be familiar with those individuals and um, would react to them as stars straight away. So NXT serves as a useful purpose in that regard. And I think Nakamura will certainly benefit from that when he does eventually get called up, and he almost certainly will um, in the next uh, six to nine months.
1: Yeah, I I I would expect him to be at WrestleMania, and I, and I sincerely hope he is because that that will you know his entrance at WrestleMania that that that's something I'll be looking forward to.
2: Oh yeah, that that violin and um, it's a unique entrance. It's unlike anything else we see in wrestling or anywhere else for that matter. It's a fantastic entrance, and um, you know eighty thousand people um, you know chanting along to that violin entrance music that will be quite a sight.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just, I just think this, again, this takeover event. I think you know, a, a good sized crowd. They're really, you know, hot and buzzing for NXT, and I, I think this is going to be, um, it's going to be a sensational event. I think you know, I'm, I've got high hopes for, for the Ingram product, the whole atmosphere, the, everything, the, the presentation. I just think it's going to be such a good event, and. I think it's going to steal the show for the weekend. What sues you
2: more? I agree. I have a very high expectation for this show. I think it will be a fantastic show. And in contrast, I don't expect the Survivor Series to be quite as good. But as I said, it will have its moments and it will still be an enjoyable show. But I'd be majorly, majorly surprised if NXT's takeover doesn't deliver the better in ring action than um, the Survivors. So uh, ov- overall, it will be a great weekend of wrestling for the WWE fans.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. We're both looking forward to this weekend, uh, two huge shows and uh, we hope you all are too. Uh, we're just about out of time also. Um, I'm sure we'll be back next week. Want me we, to uh, to run down both the cards and, uh, and see, give our thoughts on, on how the respective events went?
2: Indeed we will. Looking forward to that and obviously talking about all the fallout from the shows as well. Um, so there'll be plenty to talk about, I'm sure, and looking forward to talking about them next week.
1: Brilliant! Until then, though, any uh, anything that you'd like to plug?
2: Um, just very quickly, uh, Revolution Pro Wrestling, one of the um, you know flag bearing British promotions that are um, helping to revitalise uh, and resurrect the British wrestling scene. Um, I attended one of their shows last weekend. It was fantastic brought over loads of talent from New Japan Pro Wrestling. And uh, this is actually one of the companies that the WWE is has a relationship with uh, because some of their Cruiserweight Classic uh, qualifying matches were actually uh, booked on um, a Revolution Pro Wrestling show earlier this year. So they're doing some great things. So if you can, um, certainly try and track down some of their um, shows or matches on YouTube or elsewhere online. And um, they're uh, they're well worth a watch.
1: Absolutely. And I know Matt always used to ask you about this, but uh, what about your writing and are we going to be seeing anything from the pen of more chatter soon?
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's been idle for far too long. I've been teasing that I will be making a writing comeback. Um, You know, as some listeners will be aware, I was a writer for Slam magazine for many many years and um since then uh, um i've largely been in retirement so um i'm really itching to come back into writing now and um i have been speaking to a couple of parties and hopefully um in the, in the coming weeks um not only will i agree to deal with one of those i will also start to write regularly um about um all things pro wrestling so you know looking forward to that i've got the bug once again to start writing and um you know, I'm sure that time's coming very soon. Excellent. How about you, Andy? What are you up
1: to? Yeah, excellent news. Anything to well, plug? I, I, I do make my little contributions here and there to, uh, to the Anfield index site. I've noticed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's i uh, I've <laughs> got an article, um, you know, for, for pro wrestling fans, there's an article there on Cesaro. It's uh, it's an, in the sports section and I will have one coming up in the near future on one Chris Jericho to give my musings on that one as well. That, that'll be to come in the future. So we'll let you know all about that. Um, but that, that just about does us for this week's uh, edition of the Pro Wrestling Index here uh, on the Anfield Index podcast channel. Uh, thanks, obviously, to Mo chatter for joining me, and, and all of you for listening. Uh, don't forget, though, you can get in touch with us. Uh, and give us your thoughts on what, you've thought, uh, what you thought of the weekend's action, uh, be it NXT, TakeOver, or the Survivor Series uh, on Twitter. We're at PW underscore Index. Uh, just keep checking on the the website as we say about the the articles on there and thank you all for listening but till next week it's bye bye